Three weeks into the NBA season, we don't know anything. You're right, that's not true. We know the Lakers really, really stink, and Kobe's heading for a Godfather 2 ending. No more rings, no more Laker family, all alone. We know Miami is not dead yet, and we know the triangle is wreaking havoc on the Knicks. Amari, look out! We know the Cavs aren't winning 70 games, but at least they seem happy, right? Aw. We know OKC is haunted by two things, the Skirvin Hotel and the James Harden trade. We know the Clips have a livelier owner, but they're screwed unless they find a shooter with size. I can make the corner three, Doc, and I'm available. Settle down, Jalen. We know the Brow is our league pass MVP. We know Bogut is doing a nice Walton impersonation. Boogie Cousins blossomed into an all-star. Boogie! Even better, his teammates actually like him. We know 13 teams can make the finals. 13! And we know Kobe doesn't play for any of them. Does that bother you, Kobe? No, it doesn't bother me. I'm festively jovial about it. He's Jalen Rose. Jalen's bat will be joining us later. We'll also talk to Graham and Zach Lowe about OKC at ESPN.com's Ramona Shelburne about the leakers. Do it, Jalen. We got to give the people. What do we give them? <laughs> give the people what they want. Yeah. That's what we do. Let's get it. That's what we do. And first of all, <laughs> your voice is getting better. I've practiced Are you taking voice lot. lessons? Not at all. You swear to God? Absolutely. All right. Let's do time travel headlines. <laughs> Jalen, we're going to head into the future and see if we believe some of these NBA stories. Here's the first one. Let's see what it is. Oh, back in the saddle. Spurs repeat as champs. June 16, 2015. Do you believe this headline? Go Spurs! Go! Is that a yes I or no? I do believe that headline. Tim Duncan is back. Manu's back. Kawhi's improved. They won by the largest margin in NBA history. And their two competitors in the West, they just beat them soundly, in my opinion. That's Clippers, the Clippers Warriors. and Warriors. So I was of the opinion that this was going to be the year after season. Like last year was perfect for them, right? They redeemed the worst loss, they, one of the worst losses in NBA history. Um, they killed the Miami Heat. They make LeBron actually move operations to Cleveland. Fifth ring for Duncan and Pop, the whole thing. I bought into it. I didn't see how they'd recapture that. But, but uh, Parker had this really interesting interview after the Warriors game, and he mentioned two things. One was he was talking they had never gone back-to-back before, which I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's like a good motivating force for them. And then the other thing, he kind of let it slip. He thought, you know, if this is probably Duncan and Manu's last year. And then he caught himself. He's like, well, you know, if they, but do you, are we starting to think this is the last stand for those two guys? I do think it's the last stand. Tim Duncan is monitoring his minutes along with Pop, and rightfully so. They're playing right. for the marathon. Tony Parker, while we don't like to judge players by only rings, he's established himself to me as still the top point guard in the league. Yep. As long as he's still in his prime, to go with the other things we talked about, I think we'll be in San Antonio come June on the Riverwalk. Oh, no. <laughs> really, again? The Riverwalk? No, I like San Antonio. I mean, three years of the Riverwalk might be a little excessive. But, uh, you know, I was thinking about the Duncan Manu thing and how it led to Kawhi Leonard. And basically, they didn't give Kawhi the extension, right? Which they should have. Why wouldn't you want to lock up Kawhi Leonard for five years, 90 million, whatever it takes? He's a finals MVP. You want to keep him hungry. You want to keep him well, you thirsty. you think that's the reason? Absolutely. He's still a restricted free agent. We know we're going to give him top dollar. The other 29 teams can throw offers at him. He's not going to leave San Antonio. He said he wanted to be a spur for life. Now, if you pop, you just have that hanging over him all season so he can play with an edge. Pop playing a psychological advantage? He wouldn't that do it. That doesn't sound like a, <laughs> He wouldn't do that. I also think if they think Duncan and Manu are leaving, 
you keep the cap space open. You make a run at Marcus Gasol. Is there a more perfect spur than Marcus Gasol? Could you pick anyone on the league who would just fit in with them? He better? would fit right in, but we don't want to start tampering on this show. Okay, he has a job with Memphis. They're doing really well. Right. Uh, if you had to pick one team to unseat them, I would pick the Warriors. David Lee didn't play in that game the other night. I like the passing big men. I think that Steve Kerr was a big coaching upgrade. They can shoot threes. Would you agree that's the scariest team for them? That is the scariest team because they have the best starting backcourt in the league yep. with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry, who's leading the league in steals. It's not Rondo and Avery Bradley? Oh, no, sir. You're not oh, okay. in Boston right now. Oh, sorry. And so now Harrison Barnes has improved. If they can get and stay healthy up front, in particular with Bogut because he's an anchor and Andre Iguodala can continue to improve and give him intangibles, I do think the Warriors are really scary but it's all about if they're playing at home. They're a different basketball team in the playoffs at home. Watch for their seed. I think they have the best chance. Let's look at another headline. What do we have? Boogie to start an all-star game. All right, so... Boogie! <laughs> we'd have to help with this because Dwight Howard probably has the inside track. We're going to have to do a little internet campaign to try to get him. But from an offensive standpoint, Boogie has been out of his mind, not just last year, but this year. He's in the top four in PER, if you include last season and this season. And the list of names, it's Anthony Davis. Can we see that list? Anthony Davis, LeBron James. I think Boogie's fourth. Oh, yeah, Durant is first. So Durant's not even playing this year. But Cousins has become a legit offensive guy. Needs to stay in the court. Foul trouble. For Boogie, it's all about perception. The numbers were there. Right. We're huge Boogie fans, and we've been talking about this for the last yes. couple of years. But since he played with the FIBA team this summer... We understand now that he's more mature. Right. He learned the difference between a 45% shot and when your teammate is open for a 60% shot on yep. that possession. He's working hard. He's keeping the technicals down. He's staying emotionally invested in the game. And he's been dominant in the paint especially. Everyone's pointed to Team USA for him and for a couple other guys, Anthony Davis and a few others. Why hasn't it worked for Andre Drummond? The Team USA thing, it like, like re reverse worked on him. Because normally when you play on Team USA... You're the go-to guy yeah. and or a creator on your team. Andre Drummond has to rely on other guys to get him the basketball. They haven't been able to do that. And also for a player like Boogie, he had a teammate, Rudy Gay, on the right. team. Steph Curry had a teammate, Klay Thompson, on the team. So Josh gotta, Smith didn't make the team. No, nah, he didn't make it. Just that close. Can we look at the list of Kentucky uh, people just from 2009? This is ridiculous. The starting lineup. These are just Kentucky draft picks since 2009. That would be about as good of a starting lineup as anyone had in the league. And then look at the bench. This is interesting. We got Jalen Rose Jr. <laughs> I didn't know. Congratulations. But that's a deep team. Would that Kentucky team, if you just made that a team, would they be not the Spurs of the favorites? Would be they one of the favorites? All they, Kentucky. They would definitely be a playoff team. And in talking to Coach Cal about those guys, who obviously he loves all of them, the money that they've made as NBA players right. and endorsements can affect the gross national product. Like, <laughs> I think the number is like $650 million. Like, mm. he's turning them out, and rightfully so. He, he's built a terrific program in Kentucky. Well, we didn't spend that much money on these headlines. Let's look at the next one. <laughs> the NBA Finals come to Canada June 10, 2015. That would be Toronto has made the NBA Finals. Do you believe that headline? Not going to be able to do it! <laughs> I love what I'm seeing from the six. Big shout, Drizzy Drake. They have a terrific backcourt, one of the top three backcourts, in my opinion, in the league with DeRozan and Kyle Lowry. But they must make a move to solidify their 
play up front. Oh, now you're speaking my language. Because Does that they, mean a trade? Yes, they, oh. they definitely need to add someone up front that can give them some scoring consistently because they need a third option that's really going to produce in the playoffs. Well, and they have a ton of expiring contracts. I think it's close to $27, $30 million, something like that. Let's look at some of the targets that they could go after. All of these guys would help. They had their first-round pick. They had that guy Bruno. Remember they drafted that guy Bruno last year? Nobody knew who he was. Apparently he has trade value. I don't know. but I was there when they drafted Rafael Araujo. Oh, yeah, you were on that team, Rafael. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, thank that you. That one didn't work out. Uh-huh. Good I think luck they with took that. him over Andre Iguodala. Yes. Uh, but, you know, the thing with Toronto is I'm not sure they're the team right now that we're going to see in March. They do have a trade to make. And, you know, they need some luck. Cleveland needs to maybe not reach its potential. The Derrick Rose thing needs to play out in a way that goes Toronto's way. I'm not willing to rule them out to make the finals. Up. I'm not ruling them out, but there's a second tier happening in the East, in particular with Washington and Toronto and Miami. I mm. put them in that conversation. Okay. But the Cavs and the Bulls, in my opinion, are clearly the two best teams, obviously, in the East. Kyle Lowry's best game? is now on par with just about any other point guard's best game. Like, he killed the Celtics last week. I haven't been to a game by Chris Paul where he did to a team what Kyle Lowry did to the Celtics last week in two years. And I don't think we talk about Kyle Lowry enough as a big guy. I, I love seeing Rajon Rondo back in the lineup, but I got to tell you a secret. Everybody's killing the Celtics these days. And for I don't Ky- like all these Celtics shots. <laughs> Do you notice every... We're surrounded by Celtic posters. I How saw dare Je- you? I saw Jeff Green up there. You're trying to dump him <laughs> off on somebody. But, but, but Kyle Lowry, he's a power guard. Right. Okay, he can hit you with his shoulder, make the jump shot mid-range, shoot the three off the pick and roll action, yep. and in transition, he can finish at the hoop. But he's growing into being a floor general, where he tries to see if Terrence Ross is going. I like going. floor general, He yeah. tries to see if DeRozan is going. Then all of a sudden, he tries to take over when the team needs him most. Well, somebody who doesn't do that is our next headline, and this is probably the biggest issue then. January 8, 2015, Cavs <laughs> deny shopping Kyrie. Um, Kyrie Irving, very talented, but I think... The difference between 2011, Wade and Bosch, they're sacrificing some of their stats because they want to win. But one of the reasons they did that sacrifice is because they had put up stats. They had done stuff in the league. Wade had already won the finals MVP. Bosch was a 24-10 guy. Kyrie hasn't done anything. Can you ask somebody who hasn't done anything yet who's still trying to prove himself as a player to now sacrifice himself for the team? Well, the one player people are going to be talking about is Eric Bledsoe, who's also a Rich Paul client. You mean for a trade? For a potential trade, if that headline comes true. But if I'm the Cleveland Cavaliers, I find a way to make it work with Kyrie. He's a young player. He's a terrific offensive player. He's terrific handling the basketball, getting shots for himself. He's going to learn how to get others involved. He's been an all-star. He's been an all-star MVP. Come on, he was an all-star because everybody got hurt. No, it matters. Rondo got hurt and Rose got hurt. No, it matters when you You were two away from being an (laughs) all-star that season. (laughs) It matters the things he's accomplished so far in his career. Well, one thing with Kyrie, I feel like there's a fork in the road for him. And I wish we thought of the animation for this, but I just thought of this today. He can go the Francis Marbury way, right? Where you're just a scoring point guard, but your teams don't win. Or you go the Parker way, where you can turn it on and off. You're still a scoring point guard, but you're a team player, and you kind of pick your spots. That's what he has to do. Well, I'm going to tell you something. The first two guys doesn't didn't have that he has. A Hall of Fame player to play with. Right. Okay. And now that he helps. has LeBron James, who, as his career progresses, LeBron's not going to be the one that want to be the guy that pushes it on every fast break. Yeah. He has to initiate the offense all of the time. That's why you have Kyrie, and I think they're going to allow him to grow into his game. Last headline. Let's see it. Oh, that's tomorrow. <laughs> wow. What's wrong with the Clippers, Jalen? What is wrong with the Clippers? 
The Clippers, I was at the game where they played against the Sacramento Kings, and I was really disturbed that Boogie Cousins was almost like the pitcher that everybody else is 12 and under, and he's 16. Mm. He was almost like the bully on the block, literally. He had more points and rebounds than Blake and DeAndre put together. Right. And when that happens, that dynamic clearly needs to be ironed out, and that's something that they also need to address. But also on the wing, who's going to play defensively? That 6'7", the 6'9", position? It's glaring because they're doing this three-guard offense the last six minutes. And, like, I went to the Spurs-Clippers game. They had Jamal Crawford and Kawhi Leonard. That's not going to work. Yeah, he's too small. You know what? You ever see the movie Fight Club? You probably didn't. Anytime I, I throw not. a movie at you. So in Fight Club, spoiler alert, <laughs> uh, Brad, uh, Ed Norton starts fighting himself at the end of the movie. He's basically had an alter ego. I think Doc the GM and Doc the coach are going to get in the fight because Doc the GM has let down Doc the coach this year. And he put this team together. It's basically just guards and big guys, and there's nobody in between. I don't know how you solve that. That's been a glaring weakness for the last couple of years. And what gets you to the next level in the Western Conference, that small forward position is crucial. Right. Kevin Durant. Kawhi Leonard, you have Harrison Barnes playing good basketball. So if you're going to come out of the West, wow, you have to have a pr- productive player at that position. That was a big promotion for Harrison Barnes. <laughs> he, Durant, wow. all, all I know is Perry Jones III put up 32 against he them. He did. Uh, he had his career high multiplied by four against them. Uh, and Blake Kawhi Griffin, Leonard tied his career high against them as well. I have a Blake Griffin point quickly. Remember Barkley in the mid-90s became infatuated with three-point shots and kind of being this guy who backed people down and tried to be like a Michael Jordan-type creator? And you watch him and you think, you're Charles Barkley. Like, just crash the boards, run the floor. That's what you do. I wonder if Blake is kind of losing his identity for what he is. He's a great athlete who crashes the boards. He's relentless. He's a freak of nature. I don't want to see him shoot 22-footers. What happens when you're a young player? And you saw athletic the way he is, and he's posterized so many players. Now, all of a sudden, he wants to prove to everybody, I can shoot. Right. And I can shoot with range. But when you're guarding him and he shoots a jump shot, you're like, Yeah, thank you. I'll live with that. Thank you. And if he makes enough of them, then you have to get up on him. It's almost like allowing the defense to take a break or you letting them off the hook when you shoot jump shots you have to mix up your game but again don't fall in love with the jump shot well neither of us like how the clippers are playing you know who else doesn't like it clairvoyant bill (laughs) our old friend he uh so clairvoyant bill he smells something in the air smells a trade Smells a signing first. Ray Allen. Is he on the team yet? He's not on the team yet. Hmm. Did he play with Doc Rivers before? That did happen. Would he like to live in Los Angeles? Who wouldn't? They signed Doc Rivers. Who does that make expendable, Jalen? Unfortunately, it may make Jamal Crawford or J.J. Redick expendable. Jamal Crawford. Clairvoyant Bill wonders, is there a Jamal Crawford-Tony Allen trade that makes sense for both parties. A little more scoring for Memphis, a little defense for the Clippers. On paper, it makes sense for both teams. Memphis does need another ball handler that can create. The Clippers do need another perimeter defender. And you know how I feel about Tony Allen. Green grind. Oh, crazy oh, glue. Smoke. The grind pile. Wow. Thank you. Uh, Clairvoyant Bill apparently has his head on backwards. <laughs> head on backwards. Uh, Zach Lowe is up next. We'll be back. Say hello to Ground.com, Zach Lowe. Get it all. Get it all. 
We are going to. Uh, we're going to try to figure out if the Oklahoma City Thunder can make the playoffs. This would have been an impossible conversation two months ago. But look at these numbers. Let's see what the actual records are. So, let's say it's a disaster these first 33 games, and they go eight and 25. That 40 and nine mark would almost be only two teams have done that in the last 10 years. Now, I'm projecting. Zach, you tell me if you disagree here. They said Durant six to eight weeks, which would put him back mid-December. That's a broken foot. A lot of guys have had issues with that with that foot if they rush back too soon. Doesn't January 2nd seem like a reasonable estimate there? I mean, it's tricky, right? We just we just don't know. That was a very they made it very clear that was just an estimate based on previous injuries. They weren't saying that was his timetable. But you know, at the, if he gets back toward the end of that in the eight week portion of it, that's mid December. I think they'll be fine. But if it's later than that, then this discussion becomes a lot more serious. And, and six to eight is optimistic when they did that, Jalen. And also, Russell Westbrook is going to be back before Kevin Durant. Right. And he's one of the top ten players in the league. And Scott Brooks has done a really good job of getting his basketball team to. Play Play hard with Serge Ibaka, Perry Jones. Now they got Jackson back in the lineup. You get Morrow back in the lineup. I do think this team will make the playoffs. So do you, let's say 15 and 18, those first 33 games. Then it becomes a little more realistic. We all think the last couple years it's been somewhere between 46 and 50, non-strike season. But every season, the last four other than that season. So let's say they need 48 to get there. Um, is that, or you think it's a little lower? I think that's about right, and I'm okay. optimistic. Eight of their next 12 games are against, like, for sure lottery teams. So they get through that 12-game stretch. Let's say they go 6-6. Six and six. They're at 9-12. and 12. Westbrook's probably back by then. They need to go something like 40-21 and 21 the rest of the way to get to that 49 win mark. And when this team's healthy, they can go 51-10 and 10 over 61 games. They well, we're assuming that Duran is coming back and he's 100%, and I think that... How do we know? You just don't. You don't know. But also, what's the deal with Kendrick Perkins and Serge Ibaka freezing out Reggie Jackson? <laughs> Brutal. That, that game, though, he was hogging the ball that game against Brooklyn. He was hogging the ball. And they look, Scott Brooks called him out publicly, and he's been playing a lot better, a lot more unselfishly since then. And they're num- they look really good. Last- I'm surprised we're doing this segment, considering they just throttled your Boston They did. Celtics. We're taping this on a Thursday day before they did. Uh, was this the ultimate revenge of the Harden trade, though, which neither of us liked, where... You know, the odds of losing Durant and Westbrook are like 50 to 1 to start the season, but they did. And this is one of the reasons you don't trade James Harden, because you have injuries in the NBA. You're going to lose guys. Is this the ultimate revenge? Look, we still don't know, right? The ultimate revenge will be if Kevin Durant leaves in two years. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Look, they did the Harden trade for two reasons. Number one, to save money. I don't care what anyone says. They just didn't want to pay the tax. They keep saying they're going to pay it. Wake me when they pay it. And number two, they were betting four players would be greater than one in the long haul, right? They turned Harden four essentially pieces. four pieces. Went to Mitch McGarry, Stephen Adams, who's good, Jeremy Lamb, who looks awful, salary slot that could be Reggie Jackson when he resigns or if he resigns next season. The bottom line is that might work really well for the next eight or ten years, but only if Durant stays. And in the meantime, Harden has been, I think, rather easily better than all of those guys combined. And they and that was only amplified when Westbrook and then Ibaka got hurt in consecutive playoffs. Well, how about this? The choice was really, do we want a perimeter offensive player like James Harden who can grow into the player he is now, or Serge Ibaka who's a defensive force who's still been an anchor, though Westbrook and Durant are out right now? And the other thing about that's going on this season, let's say they do have to go, I don't know, 37 and 10 or whatever it ends up being. I don't remember an NBA situation like this before 
where you have all these guys just kind of fighting to keep them in the relative position of now having to make this great run. But they're going to have two of the best 10 players in the league with Ibaka. You also give all the other guys the experience of playing in big moments. Which is and big. This, this would be big. kind of exciting, I think, down the stretch. This would be the most compelling storyline of the season. And also, where's your level of trust? Because I have seven teams, Spurs, Golden State, Clippers, Houston, Portland, Mavs, and Memphis, that I think are in. So now do you trust New Orleans, Phoenix, and Sacramento more than OKC when they're going to get Durant and Westbrook back? And that's why it's so important when Westbrook comes back and when Durant comes back. Because there's going to be a, a, a point of no return, yep. I think. Especially Westbrook, he broke his shooting hand. We don't know if he's going to come back 100% from that right away. You know, it'll be a couple games where he's got the brace on, all this stuff. Then Durant comes back with a foot injury that, as we said earlier, like has derailed a lot of guys. And the biggest mistake you can make with that foot injury is to come back too soon. This is also a team that's been very, very patient with the health of their young players. I don't see them rushing back Kevin Durant. Hey, you 90%? Yeah, go out there. They're not going to do that. Well, but, but that's the only, and that's the only scenario. Mark Cuban suggested this week that maybe they should tank like the Spurs did in, in, the, in the late 90s. That's the only scenario where that's considered, right? If they, if they just can't come back till February and the season is lost. Otherwise, the clock is ticking on Kevin Durant. Yes. They cannot afford to punt one of the last two seasons before his contract expires after all the bad stuff that's already happened to them. They, that, that's, a, that's an interesting thought exercise, but it's not a real thing. Do you think if OKC doesn't win a championship between now and when KD becomes a free agent, they will A, trade him, and or B, he's going to leave when he can? Well, they won't be able to trade him if, if, if he hits free agency. I think next summer they could be in a Kevin Love situation. Like, he could send the messages like, look, this is my last stand. That's it. You might as well trade me now. I don't know if he would do that. And you don't really think he would do that either because he's a little more concerned about his image than maybe Kevin Love was. Well, he's done a good job in OKC of being the MVP of the league, yet being somebody that's able to live a life away from basketball, have a good time, not have to deal with the scrutiny of a large market. When you Hot to, spotlight on them absolutely. the whole time. Absolutely. Yeah. You go to Washington, D.C., you're playing at home, you're getting 65 tickets a game, and all of a sudden everybody's trying to become your family member or your friend. I don't know if he's ready for that distraction. You don't trade Kevin Durant. You don't trade him. Kevin Love is a nice player. He's a top-ten player. Kevin Durant is a transcendent player. You, you trade him if he says... I'm going to leave in a year. I don't think he'll say that. Because, well, look, I'm kind of optimistic for them because LeBron just left the Heat, which was a finals team and a championship team before that. But they were an older team that was clearly aging the wrong way. Durant has, a, has two young guys, 25 and 25 yeah. years old, both of them. And they win 60 games every year. That's a tough situation to leave. You've got to be really confident you're walking into a good place to leave that situation. And nobody ever talks about how Sam Presti and Scott Brooks have done a good job putting talent on the roster, and developing that young talent to go with KD, to go with Russell Westbrook. I think he likes being a leader to those young players. And you thought, like, when LeBron went back home, that empowered the rest of the league a little bit. Now, that would be the case that Durant would go back home to D.C. Like, the other, t the other star players saw the kind of bump that LeBron got with the Skylar Gray song and just the documentary and all that stuff. I wonder if that factors into KD at all. But that's not necessarily his personality, and he's already an MVP in OKC. Right. He doesn't necessarily have to chase it. He's been to the finals. As long as he and Russell are together, they have a chance to be special. I, I'd rather play with Russell Westbrook and Serge Ibaka over John Wall and Bradley Beal, but, and, and by a significant margin. I would, too. Uh, it, uh, to me, that's not—if if the basketball only—the Wizards have a nice team— 
Ibaka is a difference maker defensively. They don't have that. I agree. Um, if they got the eight seed, how bummed out would the Spurs Ooh, be on a scale trouble, of 1 to 100? Trouble, 120? Trouble. Bummed out enough to start resting guys every game down to the street. The <laughs> they're already resting everyone. I mean, I, no, th- that would be, that's the fascinating subplot. Nobody wants to play that team in the first round. You would see, you would absolutely, if it's close, see some strategic tankery, let's say. That's the fairy tale ending, right? They go, they make the 2012 finals, hard in trade, bad luck, bad luck, bad luck, bad luck, climb it back, they get to the eight seed, and then they upset the Spurs, they roll through, they win the title. Or regardless of who has the number one spot, we can't wait to see the last two weeks of the season and right. how teams jockey oh to get God. away from the number one spot what? What so they don't have to play them. It's not tanking, but it's something else. It's tanking. <laughs> Call it what it is. It's Playoff tanking. tanking or something? <laughs> Strategic tanking. All right, let's make a pick. Who makes the eight seed in the West if OKC somehow doesn't get there? I'm, I'm assuming under this scenario, Durant doesn't come back in time. They can only get to 43 wins, whatever. Who steals that spot? I'm going to go first. Don't count we your like argument about the 43 wins. I'm going to say the New Orleans Pelicans. You know why? Because Anthony Davis averages a 25 and 13 every game and has all-star defense. Every time that scenario has happened, Duncan, KG, Malone, whoever, that team makes the playoffs, so I'm picking them. Uh, I just got to tell you a secret. Kevin Love, without the defense, had those exact same numbers for Minnesota. Without the defense. Without the defense. Without the defense. Anthony Davis is so good, it's unfair. Um, I am go- First of all, I'm optimistic for Oklahoma City. I okay, think they yeah. will make it. But, so that's that's you pick, then. but No, no. Who I uh, pick in the event uh, is don't couch it. the running, gunning, funning Phoenix Suns. This okay. is the team. Comfortable in their own identity. They've had oh. some issues, you know, integrating the three-point guards and replacing Channing Frye. I just feel compared to the Pelicans, the Suns know who they are. They're a little bit more comfortable. They've had a very home-heavy schedule so far. They're about to hit the road. But I just I feel like that team knows what it is. Suns are a great league pass team. Oh. But who's their leader? Ooh. Who's the guy that's going to galvanize the troops? And another thing, when I watch them play, everybody has the green light. Oh, it's great. All great teams have a number one, and they still have to iron that dynamic out. I agree with Jaywin. I, I, I think they're slightly off this year. I don't see it with Phoenix. Can, can I say, anytime Gerald Green and Isaiah Thomas are on the floor together, you need, you need to switch the channel immediately. <laughs> and so what I'm going to do is I'm not a prisoner of the moment. Oh, this is the team. I knew that's he was going to do this. The A. Come on. Why not the gonna, Kings? They're going to get the MVP of the NBA back. He's going to have fresh legs, and he's going to average at least 30. Russell Westbrook is going to be a blur, a Tasmanian devil out there on the floor. They're getting the eighth spot. I didn't know you I'm could do that. I'm pouring one out for you. <laughs> I just poured it on myself. Uh, Zach Lowe, we can read you on greatland.com. You've been doing a great job this season. I look forward to seeing you cover this OKC. Keep it at 100. Explain what that means. 100% real, 100% authentic, uncut, unfiltered. It's not personal. Okay. Uh, our first keeping it 100. Kyrie and Love's handshake. Let's see what this is about. Please don't insult my intelligence. You're not twisting mustaches. So I had to reach out to two great American philosophers. Red and Method Man. And they clearly let me know what that handshake was all about. So they claim that, yeah, the mustache thing. Not true. Not true at all. Okay. They will not be Uh, doing that again. Next one, Rick Ross. Rose! You know how we do a family? Put your money up, boss. 
That's right. I heard that you feel that the Miami Heat are going to have a better record than the Cleveland Cavaliers. Good luck with that one. And you know I'm good for the money, homie. So just reach out to me and let's make this bet right now. 100K for everybody that follows him on Twitter and or vice versa. Let the homie know. Can I hold that money? Uh, Michael Jordan. Great. You're the six-time champion. You're the black cat. You're the goat. But like Jay-Z said, don't bark up that tree because that tree will fall on you. You were drafted. Barack Obama was elected. <laughs> Let it go. He couldn't even keep Phil Jackson in 1999. Carmelo's hat. And I'm just keeping it 100. Melo, you're my man 50 grand, and everybody knows it. But when you see hats like this and you see Dwayne Wade Achilles, make your own fashion choices, NBA players. Dress yourself. Don't have a stylist have you looking like Pharrell or Kanye. Let it do what it do. All right. Someone got applause. Dwight and Kobe. Oh, I think I know what this is. Yeah, and I got to keep it 100 right here. Here's why. You got two guys five inches away from each other talking about, you know me, I know you. Of course, we all know you. You're Kobe Bryant and Dwight Howard. So I have three words for this one. Ha, 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 hold me back. <laughs> because I'm seeing a lot of that in this clip. <laughs> that was the hold me back all-stars right now. Oh, I don't last support one. fighting. But I don't support pretending to fight either. Der oh, Derrick Rose. Let's go with this one. Breaking news. Derrick Rose is a basketball player, not a gladiator. For those with half of a brain, they think about health and family as their priorities. And then their job. Don't think he's going to put his long-term health on the line just because you could go to a basketball game and cheer while you drink cold beer. He never said he didn't want to win a chip. He never said that he wasn't going to go as hard as he can. He just said, I'm thinking about my long-term Keep that 100. Jeez. <laughs> and that's wow. how you keep it 100. Oh um, the Derrick Rose thing. You know I love to play devil's advocate. I mean, last year he missed the whole season. Then this year he's, he's making a lot of money and he talks about, yeah, I'm worried about my long-term health. Can you at least see the other side? Because a lot of people took... The other side, including some people that you may or may not have played with at Michigan. I'm going to take both of those points that you just made. He wasn't hurt. He was injured. Right. This is a 26-year-old guy that's had major surgeries, two of them. You guys don't think he was thinking about his long-term health during that period? And the second point, he's still committed to the Bulls. Let's get our hands out of his pockets. Let's not talk about how much money he's going to make. Missing the, missing the fifth game in November of an NBA season, it means nothing compared to what he's trying to get accomplished with the Bulls. Our friend Dave Jacoby likes to say, you know, when things go wrong, like to look in the mirror. Derrick Rose, maybe if he's looking in the mirror, maybe shouldn't have spent so much time during the summer talking about how unbelievable shape he is and he's awesome, he's never felt better. I don't know how you can do all that, but then also talk about long-term health. Like, I'm sympathetic to Derrick Rose, but... I also think I, I worry about the people around him sometimes. I, I, don't, I think he gave too many interviews during the offseason. And just in general, like he just seems like a guy who's a little bit lost. Would you agree with that? I do not. Everyone with a phone is a reporter. Right. They're taking pictures. They're taking videos. Everybody wants a soundbite. Derrick Rose is quiet. He's humble. Right. And he's doing what he can to keep it 100 
and answer the questions that people asked. Right. He still wants to be a great player. He said he wants to return to be an MVP player. I saw him in Chicago against Brazil. I was in Spain when they won the gold medal. Now he is a healthy player for long term, he hopes, that could try to win a chip for the Chicago Bulls. And let me turn, uh, turn my tentacles on the media for a second. Let's pretend I'm not in the media. I think it bothers me that we always expect these guys to be so candid. And when somebody's a bad interview, like somebody like Tim Duncan, it's like, oh, Tim Duncan's so boring. And then when somebody like Derrick Rose, like he actually tells us how he feels, and he's like, yeah, I'm worried about my body. I don't want to be, you mentioned Kevin McHale before the show. Kevin McHale's somebody who he played through the broken feet in the finals, and now you watch him walking around, it looks like he's walking around with a fake leg. I'm sure Derrick Rose sees somebody like that, and it's like, yeah, I don't want to end up like that. And also, he never said he wasn't committed to the task at hand. Right. And when you use a player like Kevin McHale as an example, he played in the finals, has a fused ankle, basically walks with a drop foot while he's coaching his team right now. Yeah. Derrick Rose just said, I want to do what I can to be healthy when I go to my son's graduation, when I'm handling business post-career. He didn't say he wasn't going to give his all and he was just going to quit on the team. I feel like you kept it 120 in this segment. <laughs> I think it was like 20 <laughs> spots over 100. We'll be back. Swag on the hunt. The Lakers aren't doing well. You just love this, don't you? Well, I think it's a newsworthy story. He's such a homer. Uh, I think we need to talk about it. Ramona, you have an interesting theory. Everybody expects mm -hmm. the Lakers to tank. Phoenix gets their pick in next year's draft unless it goes in the top five. Everyone assumes, oh, this is great. The Lakers will lose like, a top five pick. You don't think they're going to do that. I can't. This is Los Angeles, Bill. Like, the Lakers have missed the playoffs six times in their entire history. Since Jerry Buss bought the team, they missed it once, right? The 1993-94, they missed it last year, and they're going to miss it again this year. You can't do this in Los Angeles. This is Hollywood. When you are not relevant, when you are not in the game, people just forget about you. It doesn't matter if they win a championship. Like, they would rather be eighth and at least have their fans engaged in this season, at least have them watching the games other than watching how many points Kobe's going to score, how many shots he's going to take. They have to be relevant. They cannot not be relevant. And I'll tell you right now, you'll sit next to Jeannie Buss at a lot of these games. She's sitting there with Linda Rambis and Stacey Kennedy, her friend. Those are the, and, and every single time, she's like, my dad always says, we cannot miss the playoffs. The Lakers just don't do that. I agree with you. This is the city of palm trees, lowriders, yeah. and movie stars. Yeah. Can't be taking yeah. basketball games. Yeah. They have the Black Mamba on their roster. And speaking of I thought you Mamba, were calling him the Gray Mamba. <laughs> well, Ooh. he's going to be at the end of this season. Okay. And speaking <laughs> of that, so how long before Kobe just really gets so That's frustrated. The that, that is the question, right? Like, I'm waiting for him to explode. Yes. I, mean, I can't tell you how often like Jack I... Jack and Scanners. I mean, every single time we go by <laughs> his locker, right? We go by his locker and he's like, is this the night? Is this the night he is going to just let it rip? And I've checked in with him in the preseason when they were getting blown up by 30. I mean, it's like preseasons. So you're like, eh, they just got second teamers in there. It's not that... Are you all right? When are you gonna, you know, how, when is this gonna, when is this gonna turn me? I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. To this point, he has not lost it, but I feel like it's coming because mm. even though he's saying, even though he's saying all the right things, even though he's saying, you know, I want to help Jim and Jeannie continue their dad's legacy, even though this is a process, it's part of my legacy, I know him. You know him. This, he doesn't sit back for an entire season and watch Wait, this go on. Will Kobe play for another team? No. No. 
I mean, one. Plotted. Throw him out of there. <laughs> no. So, wait a second. I wanted to go back to one thing you said earlier. Uh huh. The mindset of L.A., where it's like, if you don't have a movie, a hit movie for two years, you're not a movie star anymore. You're not, a, you're not If relevant. you're not making a TV show anymore, you're not on TV, you're, you're irrelevant, you don't matter. Do you really feel like that's a big part of, of how the Lakers yes. think about their position? I think in that's the city? how the Lakers think about their position okay. in the city. I mean, like, like we're, we're in LA, right? When you're an actor and you're not on television, what do you do? You go get in a play in North Hollywood so that right. somebody might see you someplace. Yep. So that you can say, well, I'm in a play right now when somebody sees you. Yep. The Lakers, if they're not in the playoffs, they're nowhere. And they're you know, not the relevant. Clippers thing too, Jalen, right? You've been out here for a while. Like, it does feel like I went to the Monday Clippers game. There were some celebs there. It was celeb heavy. It was executive heavy and celeb heavy. I feel like they're kind of on the corner a little bit now. The Clippers have had a couple of good seasons, but this still a Laker town. They have 16 championships. to the audience. Their history, it speaks for itself. It's and they can play Kobe Bryant every night, and he's going to be a draw. Businesses in this area, they lost 30% of their money when the Black Mamba was out. Right? I mean, I can just, I host radio here, Bill, and we talk about the Lakers the Lakers, the Lakers, the Lakers, and maybe a little bit of the Dodgers, a little bit of the Clippers, but it's the Lakers. Yeah. Everything, it's the daily soap opera here in Los Angeles. And they're relevant because they have Kobe Bryant. And the way I've come to think of him in this last act of his career, whatever these two years end up being, it's like actors sometimes just take roles just to be in movies, right? He's still a star actor. He's still a leading man in this league. So he's, he's not like in Mark a good Wahlberg, movie right now. Like Mark yeah. Wahlberg and Shooter? <laughs> one of those type of things? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I don't know. I, what's the last movie Nicolas Cage was in? Or like one of those Liam right? Neeson movies when... Oh, Nick Cage. I mean, That's an insult to Kobe, though. Yeah, it is. Nick makes some bad choices. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think like with Kobe... The scoring record's at least a little bit involved in this, right? He's, I think he's yeah. 60, he's less than 7,000 away from Kareem. He's around 400. You gotta chase Matt, something. Michael. You're not chasing he's the playoffs. Pass well, he's certainly taking enough shots. He's taking 28 <laughs> shots and 10 free well, throws so a game. Well, you want to take them. Well, that's the thing. So he's in kind of weirdly a good situation, but you, you, you know him really well. You're like the Woodward of Bernstein and the Lakers combined. Um, you feel like yeah. he's at like this weird place of yeah. peace, right? Well, you have to understand, he's, he's, 36 years old, he's starting Kobe Inc. and he's putting every day that they're not playing basketball. Kobe Inc. He's at his offices at Kobe Inc. He's working on his post NBA career already. He's doing a documentary called Muse. It's going to be on Showtime. And it's not a documentary, right? This is film. This is art. Oh. I mean, like he's, he's gone for like, like Sundance or Southwest. This. This, like, this isn't Kevin Durant on HBO or Dwight Howard with whatever he just put out there. This is Kobe's watching Darren Aronofsky videos and movies and saying, I want to do art like this. Like he's Jaylen, asking you, the guys on the you crew, okay with that? how do I do art? How do I make movies? Like he's throwing himself into that. This is a businessman. This is a guy with two kids. He's married. His life is in Los Angeles. Plus, Staying with the Lakers for the entire time, for his entire career is something is one thing that he can do that Michael didn't do. So let's say he stays twenty years with the team that drafted him. Probably not a record. Oh, I guess Duncan. What was he? Ninety-seven. So that would even be Duncan. Mm -hmm. Does that even matter to somebody like him? It does matter. He has five championships. He's the second greatest shooting guard in the history of this game, and it's not at, at this point of his career. He should not be trying to chase a chip. He's had a great career. They're paying him $23 million this year, paying him $25 million next year. He gets a chance to play basketball for a living and work on Kobe Inc. I'll take it. How do you put one of the most competitive 
guys who's ever been in the league on a team with the likes of the guys that he's playing with right now. I'm glad you brought yeah. that up because <laughs> the misnomer is that all great players win a championship every year. There are a lot of great players that have been swept out of the playoffs, been on teams that didn't make the playoffs. Look at Derek Jeter at the end of his career yep. with the Yankees. Yeah. It, it does happen. And so for Kobe, I think he's going to approach it like a professional, try to embrace it the best he can. I do like a couple of their young players. I like Hill. I like Davis. They're just not starters yet on productive teams. I actually think some of his legacy is what happens to the franchise after he leaves. Right? Mm. I mean, you know, in some ways... If, if the Lakers rebuild, if they actually get that next star, if they, be, if they stay the Lakers, then you don't blame anything on Kobe anymore. It's like he passed the torch and then it, somebody else took over. But if this is a big crater, if they become what happened to your Celtics after that era? Shots fired. <laughs> I'm backing away. I'm backing away. Pow, pow, pow. I mean, we're not, the, the Celtics are used to being, I mean, you went through 30 years in the wilderness, right? I mean, you well, get them, get strong. Get it was basically 94 to 2007 was not really fun. It also happened to be the, I lived in Boston the entire time. Right. Um, it stinks. And that's the one thing we think with the Laker fans, they need to realize like this might not be an aberration. This well, could be a 10 to 12 year odyssey before you get back to where you want to be. They basically average one really terrible year a decade, yeah. right? So if you're talking about two terrible years in a row, that's now an aberration from the pattern. And you can, there's all sorts of reasons. They went all in because the old man was on his way out in 2012 and they wanted to get him another championship. That meant a lot to the Bus family to, to put a championship team right. together. Uh -oh. So he had a chance to oh, no. win it up. Oh, no. What's going on? We got to go to work. We got work to oh, do. No. Oh, no. We got work to do. Oh, no. <laughs> bad news, Bill. Bad news, Jalen, are here. We have some bad news for the Lakers really fans. bad news for you. You have to whisper bad news, right? Yes, the operation was a success, but the patient died. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're very worried about the future of the Lakers because you're telling me that they're going for the eighth seed which means they're going to try to trade the Laker draft pick for next year try to get somebody like Darren Williams or Josh Smith I don't think that's going to make enough of a difference and also who's making decisions Trevor Ariza Dwight Howard Phil Jackson Pau Gasol they're productive in other situations that's yes. true and all of those people <laughs> didn't want to play with Kobe anymore I think you need to break the news to the bus family that they should try to tank and get a top five pick. It's just top news to tell the family. I'm I, I think they know, though. I mean, honestly, okay. it's like you know when you're in this place. You know why people are whispering. Well, we're whispering now. We're whispering goodbye to Ramona Shelburne. <laughs> <laughs> in the mailbag. Give us the first one. As a Laker fan, what do I call this season now? Lose more for Okafor or decay for Obrey? Those are the top two prospects. I'm going with bore and gore for Okafor. What do you think of that? What I'm going doing? for ruin your day for Moody A. Oh, Moody A, you like him. Absolutely. A terrific like that prospect more. is playing in China right now, but those bigs are going to be right in the NBA draft room. I think you outdid me on that one. Ruin your day for Moutier. All right, let's see what the next one is. 
What great NBA player does Anthony Davis remind you of? This is a good one from Kenny and Baton Rouge. So um, this is, we made a little, little graphic here. He's got the Durant arms. Do you agree with that? Down to his knees. The David Robinson hands. Nice catch, nice catch, blocks, all that stuff. He's got that up. He's got bird's eye, bro. Um, that's just wrong. Come on. Tim Duncan's brain, the IQ, the hoops IQ, all that stuff, that's in there. Wow, we're turning him into a Frankenstein. Allen Iverson's heart and his energy and his, his engine. And then KG's The big ticket. And then what else do we have? Oh, I like this one. Got to get footwork. some Boston in there. Well, the footwork. Come on. You back me on that. Bob McAdoo's jump shot. The closest I could find. About time you gave the Lakers some love. And then finally your dude. Megatron! <laughs> the freak factor. <laughs> now, the one thing you left that we left out was you said Tim Duncan's what? Demeanor. Mm. He's actually a combo between Tim Duncan and David Robinson. David Robinson ran like a gazelle. He was really agile. He was the big guy in the league that will block a shot and be the first guy down on the other end to finish. Right. All right. What else do we have? It's a Sixers sign Jalen right now. <laughs> Playing in 35 minutes game. What would his numbers look like? Well, I, I had an idea for this. Let's see. Can we see the graphic? Seven games. I think you launched a lot of threes. <laughs> but notice how you only played seven games because you tore your hamstring, your calf. Oh, your no. Brain. Yeah. All at the same time. It was one of the most gruesome injuries in the history of sports. But we did make a video. Do we have that? Oh. Jalen, what else? He looks so happy on the Sixers. I know one what thing. What else do you do? I'll be on Broad Street hanging out with Beanie Siegel. I'll be getting a lot of cheesecake steaks. Well, we didn't talk about the Pacers. You don't think they're going to tank? Of course not. In 49 states, it's basketball. In Indiana, it's religion. And they got Larry Legend in the front office, who I talked to yesterday. He's excited about getting the Stucky back. C.J. Miles, David West. Indiana will be in the playoffs. That's it for the Greenland Basketball Hour. Thank you so much, everybody.